and welcome to The Advice Show. From industry scoops to practice management, this podcast will give you UK and global insights into the financial planning profession. I'm Nicola, a reporter at NMA, and this week we are deep diving into the world of online financial fraud, how problematic it is and whether a crackdown by the big tech platforms as well as the FCA are enough to stop it. Joining me is someone very active in the financial advice space on TikTok. We have Alex Stedman. Uh, he is an IFA and also a data scientist, and he's also known as that personal finance guy on TikTok with over 50,000 followers. How much do you need to save into your pension? How much do you need to be putting away every month? This is a good question and one that's been asked like so many times. It's a bit like trying to build a boat without knowing about all the tools or how to build one or even what the sea is going to be like when you get there and you've essentially got to start at the end and reverse engineer it backwards. And I've got a tool to help you with this. So hi, Alex, and thanks very much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks very much. Um, Thank you so much for inviting me on this. It's great to have you. Um, Alex, to start off, can you tell us a bit about your personal experience of online scams and fraud? Because you mentioned this is something that unfortunately has uh, come in your way. I've had that a lot from my personal profile where there have been copycats um, of you know my TikTok, um, and they go around commenting not just on other people's feeds, but they even have the gall to do it within my own comment section. So they pretend to be me in my own comment section, and I have to go through and manually delete them. Uh, but I often get comments from people saying uh, there's someone pretending to be you, and then I report it, and then I try and delete it, and I go through and I do all the admin work. That's quite. That's quite the obvious ones, right? Um, something that's far more subtle, I'd say, is um, it's probably slightly more unintentional. It might be people that uh, are building a following. Uh, they might have, let's say, done some investments that they've done over the last year. They've done quite well. They've talked about it on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And people in their comment section have said, oh, wow, you know, you've done so well. Can you tell me how you did it? And they've kind of like gone down that little bit of a slope that has eventually led them to say, oh, well, you know, if you just did this, then you've made some money. And they've realized that people are willing to maybe even pay them for that. And so they've said, hey, look, I've got an online course or hey, look, I've got a book that details how I managed to double my returns in the last six months or something. And that is obviously crossing the line. It's not quite as the obvious fraud that people might be thinking of or the obvious scams, but it's still the problem that Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, maybe less TikTok, I think that it's the ones that Facebook and Instagram have recently been setting up their policies to try and combat those specific profiles and those specific people. So Alex, you mentioned these kind of impersonators um, in relation to yourself. I mean, how often are you being made aware of these people or becoming aware of them yourself? It was at least on a weekly basis, I'd say. Um, And it varies. So it can be anywhere from uh, every week to maybe once every two to three weeks. It depends on the people on the other end and how keen they are to try and use my profile and my activity for their own purposes. Gosh, okay. And and I mean this must this must bother you. You mentioned that you are kind of doing all the reporting and things yourself. How how I mean was it really affecting you and was it affecting your viewers as well? It was it's a pain to try and do all of the admin, I'd say, to try and remove all of those comments and report it and go through the same thing again. And I see another profile copying me and it's just like a big huff. 
I my followers themselves, they actually I don't think they were actually too phased by it because a lot of them are very supportive of me and they know the way that I talk and communicate. So it wasn't really affecting them so much. But it still did bother me knowing that there was someone out there who was just trying to use my name to try and make their own money. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Um, it's it's interesting what you said about you kind of picking this up on a weekly basis at its height because the FCA has released, you know, official data about sort of the, the fraudulent advertising that they've seen. And I mean, so at the end of 2021, they said they had to take action on 564 cases of fraudulent advertising. And that was up from just over 200 in 2020. Now, um, obviously, there's many more undetected examples out there, particularly given the example you've just shared. So, but, but you know, either way, the, the fraudulent advertising online is clearly on the rise um, in financial services. Um it sounds like that's something you have noticed, but is have you noticed more recently that this is a, a particular issue? When you get to a certain number of followers, then it seems to switch on. So when you get to, say, I, I don't know what number it is, but it's when you start getting the 10,000 or maybe it could be a certain amount of engagement, then it switches on and someone, there, there's an automated bot somewhere that kind of like says, let's start targeting that one. Um, when it comes to those individuals who have, who maybe have got a little bit of knowledge and then are starting to sell a book or a course, um, they, those people are, they've just always been around, I think. And um, you will find them on every single platform. And it will be something, like I say, that slippery slope to be able to get into this fraudulent activity. They might not even realize or think that they're doing anything wrong. You'll find those that do, but there'll obviously, there will be some people that just have got into it and they don't think they're doing anything wrong apart from making a bit of side hustle money. I see, I see. I mean, from from what you've seen, Alex, how pertinent do you think these issues are in relation to, you know, other types of financial advertising fraud? I mean, we know that phone and email scams have been quite a big um, part of sort of high profile um, financial scams in the past. Um, But do you think because of just like the accessibility of social media, you know, so many people being on social media um, who maybe don't have financial knowledge, financial advice knowledge, um, these issues that you've raised are more pertinent? It's interesting that you talk about the fraud side of it, because when I did a bit of the data science, I was on I was on fraud. I was talking about detecting some 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 fraud uh, that was happening within companies, and so I think that this is used. You try to compare it against like some of the mail fraud and the phone fraud and everything else that we've seen in the past. Fraud is always evolving. It's always changing. It's always trying to find a new niche to exploit. And with the rise of social media, that has simply provided a new niche for them to be able to move into to try and exploit that way. Um, the other versions that you mentioned, they're still there. They're still happening. People still get these phone calls saying, can I you know, give me access to your computer? I'm from Microsoft. Um, when, when in fact, they're still there, they're still doing their thing. Social media has just opened up a new space for them to ha- happen. Um, and that social media space needs to do something in order to crack down on them, just like everyone else has in terms of the phone and the mail. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, I did want to ask out of interest. So social media platforms obviously have their own algorithms to sort of determine what users, consumers see in their feeds. Like from your perspective, do these algorithms work in favor of, you know, financial advisors, for example, who want to advertise their services, whether I guess they jump on TikTok um, like yourself and really kind of build up a following or they might be on Facebook and advertise their their business on there or, or have a Facebook page for their business? Unfortunately, the way the algorithms are made up is that they don't benefit or they, they don't actually help 
the I'd say the financial advisor help uh, with this. And the reason why is because it's all to do with attention, the engagement. Um, it's essentially been democratized. And so when someone engages with an ad or even with a video or with anything, you're casting a vote to say whether this should get pushed out to other people on Facebook and Instagram. And it doesn't matter if the advice is good or relevant. According to those algorithms, the only thing that matters is does it engage people? And it could be terrible advice, but if it gets people watching it, then that's going to get pushed out. And financial advice is not the most entertaining subject to try and get out on social media. So unfortunately, those algorithms, they kind of inherently do just work against our favor. And it's just one of the things that we've got to try and work with them to try and get through. I see. That's really interesting. And then I'm guessing the flip side of that is that a, an advertisement for a bond that yields 8% would do quite well, potentially. That will get the clicks. That will get the ones that will get the people to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll click on that and get through. And that's one that will then get spread out to more people who will then click on it more. Whereas, you know, the, if, if you were to advertise the realities of and give a realistic uh, return, then that's not going to get people's juices flowing. Okay, I see. I see. So there's kind of a couple of factors here that, you know, allow a space for financial fraud. Um, so you, you touched it before, Alex, but there are a number of tech companies now, you know, with online platforms. So we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, Google, TikTok, and they've all been partnering with the FCA recently to try and crack down on fraudulent financial services advertising. Um we read an article recently, actually, that Meta has been getting in contact with financial advisors personally who advertise online, um, just letting them know that they are checking their their authorization, their permissions. Um, but with the tech platforms actually doing these checks, Alex, um, how robust, from your knowledge of how they work, how robust do you think you know a company like Meta is when it comes to sort of detecting and blocking um, scam? adverts on their platform i think that the way that facebook instagram let's put that under the meta umbrella the way that they work is they will try something out and they will do their best and then they will refine the results and then be able to target so over time it will get better in terms of figuring this stuff out um i think at first okay so let me just go let me just step back for just a second I do not advertise my, my, my things on Facebook. I do not advertise my financial services. I haven't even put on Facebook that I'm a financial advisor. But I got the email saying, you need to upload your qualifications. They knew that about me. Okay. Um, and that is only a good thing. I think that's, it's, <laughs> some people might see it as like a little bit of scary being able to, you know, know that about me, even though I've never put that on Facebook. Um, but as far as I'm aware, if they're managing to do that with me, who's never put it on, then they're doing it with the people as well who are the fraudsters, for example. I think that it is nothing but a good thing to be able to do it. I think that it could be, it's going to go either one of two ways. It will either be a heavy handed approach and they'll and they'll squash more than they need to, at which point it's going to annoy a lot of advisors, or they'll take the slightly softer approach and a few more fraudulent bits will get through. But either way, they will get better over time and they'll find this happy medium. So I think that they will do well in the future with it. Yeah, that's re that's really interesting that you received this correspondence, but you're not kind of advertising on on these platforms. Was that was that in relation to Instagram? Do you think my presence on Instagram is very minimal? But then again, it is also my presence on Instagram was I I made five posts like two years ago or something, um, and 
uh, the algorithm d didn't serve me the right audience. It's it put me in another country for some reason, and it didn't and it just didn't work out. So I focused on on TikTok for that because I was getting uh, more relevant engagement from an audience. It could very well be that, but I also think that. Facebook follows around a lot of the places. And so you don't have to advertise on Facebook. They already know about you by the fact that I might have mentioned it somewhere else on the internet. And let's face it, it's probably my TikTok profile. They, they'll be sharing some data with that. So yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. And it's this example is interesting because it, it shows that they're, they're, they're kind of searches um, in relation to people who are advertising online in general, are quite, um, you know, in depth. What is, what is driving this, this effort? Is it regulation? Is it because at the end of the day, um, tech platforms are profiting from advertising, um, whether that be <laughs> fraudulent or not? Yeah, you're absolutely right. At, at the end of the day, it does boil down to profits and money. And so you could say, like, well, you know, if they're making money off of the fraudulent people, then why would they crack down on that? And this is just my personal opinion on this, in that you have to have a trustworthy platform for your customers in order to be able to maintain your profits long term. So in the short term, they could let the fraudsters run wild and make a quick buck. But over the long time, you're going to lose the trust of your customers who use the platform who will eventually leave. And so this is play them playing the long game in a very sensible way. I see. Yeah. So it's actually kind of profitable for them in the long term to crack down on this now. Absolutely. So Alex, you mentioned uh, in your experience, these kind of impersonator scams were a big, have been a big issue. Um, is that one trickier for tech giants to crack down upon? Um, and, it, you know, so so another stat from the FCA, um, they received 1,410 alerts about unauthorized financial promotions in 2021. And almost a third of those were related to what they called clone scams. So where there's, you know, all these other TikTok users saying that they are Alex Stedman, you know, that's clearly a huge part of the problem. But how can, you know, if, if a platform, you know, if a platform like TikTok or Meta is trying to check that you are FCA authorized, how does that work? I mean, that's going to be tricky, right, when it comes to, to clones. It is going to be very tricky. The problem that they've got is to try and, again, gain trust with their followers and the users of the platform and educate them to recognize who is genuine. And Instagram does a thing where you get a little blue tick next to your name to say that you are authorized. TikTok does, but no one quite knows why you get it, I don't think at the, at the moment. Anyone can make an account, anyone can start posting comments. And in order to crack down on the comments, you can't have a human looking through it all the time. You need to have a computer doing all the scans. And then it's easy to get around that because you just start putting spaces between all of your letters which is why those scams look so obvious to us, but a computer doesn't pick up on it because people figured a way to get around it. It will be difficult, but I think the bigger thing they're going to try and do is educate people to recognize it by giving those blue ticks, those authorizations, which is why they're asking people like me now to upload my qualifications to show that I am a proper financial advisor that can be trusted, as opposed to trying to crack down on the fraudulent ones, which they will try and do, but unfortunately they're relatively easy to get around for the bots or the people that are doing it. So those will exist. It's just trying to build the trust of the user base. Yeah, I see. Okay. Okay. But I suppose when they, you know, when Meta, as we know, are doing their checks and, and looking at Alex Stedman and checking, he has a, you know, he's on the FCA register. Um, what, I guess, um, 
what is there to help them make sure that the Alex Stedman they're looking at is the real Alex Stedman? I mean, is it for the moment? Is it purely? Is it purely the fact that um, you have a blue tick, or the fact that yeah, your 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 username on TikTok is kind of it looks straightforward. It's not got a space between every letter. Um, because perhaps if that's the case, um, you know, they, they need to have more of a think about how they detect clone scams. I don't know. You, you raise a very good point, as in I could say all of this and upload my certificates and show that I am me. And yet someone could just take all the photos from my profile, copy and paste, um, maybe even do a very good duplicate of some certificates, submit those and then pretend they're me. Maybe. Computers are also getting very good, though, at recognizing what is genuine. So I know that sometimes a very simple way of confirming that you are who you are is you will get, and this isn't done by the social media platforms, this is done by other companies that I've seen before, who will say, please, can you just send in a quick five second video reading this sentence above? And then you send in the video and it compares it against your driving license or your passport, which you've had to upload. And it does a little comparison of you and your head and make sure that you are you. And computers are also very good at doing that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of that coming in the future as well. Okay, that's that's really interesting. And have you received those kind of requests before? Not through the social media space, but but through banking apps often do this as well now. And so I'm just kind of making that link, thinking that that technology exists Meta is not a small company. It can probably implement something like that as well. It's got to try and find that balance between um, not annoying its users, but also providing a really good platform for people to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting one. I mean, are there any other um, measures that you would hope to see, Alex, that might improve, you know, um, just just help um, the tech platforms crack down on on the issues you've raised, whether that be advertisements you know for <laughs> bonds that are yielding uh eight percent um or whether it be um a clone of, of alex sedman on tiktok what can i what can i think that they would do this is that's a good question that's one that's kind of saying is there anything that i, that I could pluck out of the air and think of that they could do um um I'm really glad to see that they're working with the FCA, right, to try and to try and do this because I think that's where it starts. How much the FCA has an input into the um, into the policies of the um, of of these social media platforms is something that's up to them. They could be quite heavy-handed with it, really involved. You know, there could be a really big crackdown. Maybe they could. Maybe they're doing this. And saying, you know, if you don't, then we're going to have to start fining you based on the number of, you know, on the number of complaints that we're getting, um, it, you know, and the, the possibility of finding someone is a very big motivator to get someone to do some action. Um, so maybe they'll do something like that more in the future. Maybe they're going, maybe they're going to force the, um, so maybe they're going to force these tech companies to start implementing some of that extra technology that I did. Um, I would hope that these technology companies, they're very, very based on these on this really good machine learning and AI algorithms. I would hope that they put some good amount of resources into that to recognize, you know, these magical 8% yielding bonds um, and being able to figure out if those are real or not. So um, I've got some high hopes for it, but like you say, it depends on how much they want to be able to keep their user base and uh, what's in it for them. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So maybe a bit of a regulatory push and maybe just some, yeah, just some awareness of the fact that that it's profitable in the long term. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, Alex, that is about all we have time for today. So thank you very much again for joining us. Uh, and thank you very much to everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to get in contact about this episode, uh, feel free to email me. I'm nblackburn at citywire.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter. We're at New Model Advisor. Um, Alex, where can people find you? Thanks. I am on TikTok under that personal finance guy. That will probably be the best way to find me. Um, and I've got loads of guidance on there for people to be able to take away with them. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thank you very much again, Alex, and everyone for listening.